Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that ass up. The Breakfast Club is on right here. I have to live I'm talking to the Breakfast Club this morning. Okay, okay, okay. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. In return, I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, the Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Good morning, USA. Hey, oh, you're supposed to go, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlamagne the God. No, 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 no. It's Tuesday. That doesn't hit so great. It doesn't. It doesn't. Tuesday's like, Monday's like, great, back to the work week. Wednesday's hump day. Thursday's almost the weekend. Friday is a throwaway day. Tuesday's just. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, I'm I'm well, back from Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. Had a great time out there. Shout to everybody I ran into out there. Um, shout to Pepsi as well. Had a good time at Super Bowl. I was supposed to come back Monday, but LA was getting a little serious. Uh, there was a, a lot of people getting stuck up and getting robbed. Uh, I know uh, one of the hotels, they robbed the valet and took all the keys. Wow. So I was like, you know what? I already got paid for all the shows I had to do. I seen the Super Bowl. I'm just going to come home. So I just hopped on a flight and came right home. I said, I ain't going to mess around with anybody. So... I got right on that plane and got my ass right back home. Spent the wife, well, spent the day with the wife and, and family for Valentine's. Glad you're okay. Yeah, but I had a great time out in L.A. I mean, the, the weather was just amazing. It was like 90 degrees the whole weekend. Man, we don't want to hear that. Well, I'm telling you. Uh, in the goddamn cold 90 all degrees weekend. the whole weekend. L.A. was good. Super Bowl was great. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, it was good. I had, I had a really, I had a really so great what? time. So what? had a really great time at the Super Bowl. It was freezing. It's freezing now. I'm glad you're back in the cold. Came back with all your jewelry? Yes, I sure did. Okay. Anybody get you? Nope. Nobody got me. Uh, any scares? Any scares? Anybody like, you know? Nah, there was no scares, but I I called Charlemagne and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming in tomorrow. I'm coming back. He was like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I but- didn't say you good. I said, what, somebody tried you? Oh, yeah. That's, that's what exactly. I said. Somebody, somebody tried you? Somebody tried you? I said, nah, <laughs> nobody tried me. But at that time, that's when I found out that the valet, they just robbed the valet and they had a, a group of people. Where at? Well, you said that. I didn't know what you was talking about. That robbed the valet. No, hotel. man. Yeah, so they <laughs> what hotel was so, it? I'm not saying, but they took all the keys. Um, and then also they had this uh, group of people that they would drive by the hotels when the club's over. You know, in L.A., the club's over at 2. So they would drive by between 2 and 2.30, seeing you getting out your Uber and stick you up. Wolves was out. Yeah, they was out. Wolves was out. There was some come-ups I heard a lot this weekend. They was out. So instead of, uh, like I said, I finished doing my job, my me working, and I finished watching the Super Bowl. So to stay another day, I was like, you know what? Let me get on this flight right now. So... I got on the plane and got my ass out of L.A. Well, that's good. Welcome right. back to the cold. Yeah, thank you Glad so much. you're safe. Welcome back to uh, the temperatures. That, you know what, though? My testicles don't do that no more. They used to, like, go up towards my body when it was real cold. That mm-hmm. don't happen no more. Maybe I don't be out in the cold that much. Speaking of test, uh, test, testicles, uh, I spoke to Dr. Oz. Okay. And, and he was telling me about vasectomies, and he was like, he was telling me, well, we might not want to do it. That you know, we should speak to him first. That's what he told me. And I'm not speaking to him. My wife want me to get it. What Doctor Oz got to do with my vasectomy <laughs> decision? He's a doctor. Hello. Does he have any other options? He said we said we should we should we should speak to him first before Man. we jump into the vasectomy world. And my wife don't want to hear that. He's a doctor, though. Your wife ain't a doctor. He's running for office right now. Okay, go practice on being a politician, Dr. Oz. This wasn't... All right, well... I don't, I don't think we need a second opinion on vasectomies. There's been enough people who've gotten vasectomies, okay, for us to be cool with getting one. And my wife wants me to get it, so I don't care what Dr. Your Oz Your wife's says. not a doctor. There's yeah, a lot of things yeah, your wife wants. And, 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 and Dr. Oz ain't my wife. You're right. You're <laughs> okay? Right. You're right. All right? I know who butters my bread, damn it. Who butt what? Shut up. 
<laughs> he said but, right? He didn't say but. I didn't say that. All right. uh, my good sister Angela Rye will be here this morning. Yes, she'll be joining us this morning. ESPN's uh, latest correspondent. Uh, the title, I forgot what the exact title is, but yes, she'll be here this morning to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, Emmanuel and Giselle Godoy. Uh, they're the CEO and CEO of Black Sands, which okay. is uh, okay. a black comic book, correct? With black yes. superheroes. Yes. So we'll talk to them as well. Of course, it's Black History Well, they also were they were on Shark Tank also, and Kevin Hart also invested into their company on Shark Tank. That's right. So we'll get into all that. How was everybody's Valentine's? What you do, Charlemagne? Uh, I was actually in Atlantic City for my daughter's cheerleading tournament. And no, <laughs> that was yesterday. What yesterday. was yesterday? Yesterday was Valentine's. Monday, right? yes, sir. Yes, what it was. was Valentine's? Uh, me and the uh, wife, we don't know. Me and the wife worked out with the trainer. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's about it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't do nothing special. What about you, Yee? You know, I had to work all day yesterday. I wasn't done until like 9.30 at night, but I was on set. I actually got to work with Jill Scott yesterday, so that was exciting. Oh, dope. All right. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, since we're talking about love and Valentine's Day, uh, here's some statistics for you guys to know about love and sex and getting married and living together and what's happening in America with couples. All right, we'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's a young legend, Kodak Black. Man, Kodak Black got a video on Boss Two Sports that is so damn funny. Lord have mercy. Yeah. It's going sure. to be a point in time when Kodak Black is going to be the uh, biggest rapper in the game. It's going to be a moment. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the big, biggest rapper in the game. He's probably partnering with Drake or something. He's like about that. to get a number one record with that record right there. That's Super, Super Gremlin. about to be a number one. You switch like a little bitch. What kind of thing? What? what? <laughs> Such a hard line. Let's get some front switch page like news. switch like a little bitch. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Where we starting, ye? All right, well, Americans are less likely to have sex, less likely to partner up, and less likely to get married now more than ever before. They said we are at a 30-year low for sex. 26% of Americans age 18 and up don't have sex, not even once, over the last year. They said it's not just the pandemic, but it's part of a long-term trend. And last year's survey was the first time that the percentage of Americans who had sex once a month or less was above 50%. Now, they're also saying partnership is at a low, not just marriage. So they asked participants whether they had a steady partner. And this past year, 30% of adults uh, indicated they did not have a steady partner. And so they said those numbers are up. They said most Americans won't even get their partner a card for Valentine's Day. And they said that a mere 55% of Americans in relationships usually receive a Valentine's Day from their partner. And so uh, most people aren't getting a card this year because there's Another uh, 45% of people without a partner that's right a, now. That's so. just a kind of flaw, though, right? Because it just says cards. What about flowers? Like, I didn't give my wife a card yesterday, but I got her a bunch of flowers. Yeah, I didn't give my wife. You know I what I mean? I don't ever think I ever give my wife a card. So I just get her flowers and not. Yeah, so what if you do other things, but you just don't get a card? Like, what is the, what is the stats on that? Um, well, you know what? It's probably hard to tell with flowers because people buy so many flowers, but you can tell with cards because you buy one card. You can keep up with chicken so wings on Valentine's, those, but not flowers? No, I mean, Super Bowl those, Sunday, they keep up with chicken wings, but can't keep up with flowers on Valentine's? Yeah, well, they're just saying these numbers are a lot lower, though, than they used to be because yeah. it used to be People probably not us. buying cards. I don't think I, I don't. I don't buy cards anymore. I don't buy Christmas cards. I don't buy... No, I can't think of the last Mother's Day card. For, I, send them, I send my mom flowers and... There's attached to a card, and I write on a card that's attached to the flowers. Exactly. Boom. That's exactly right. You can leave a note with the flowers. Mm-hmm. Now, they did say the divorce rate is dropping, though, and that is one good thing about less people getting married and less people partnering up because they said less people are likely to run headlong into a marriage that has a high probability of failing. So they're saying the rates of divorces and annulments were at its lowest uh, level this century. 
me in 2019. And so that's down a whole lot. That sex thing going to keep dropping, too. I remember reading something once. Um, I know it was, I think it might have been Asia somewhere over there. But they, they were saying how the kids don't be having sex because they be on virtual reality all the time. Mm. So that's that's how they're forming their connection. So if the metaverse continues to grow here in America, the way we know it's going to grow, that whole Web 3.0 thing, yeah, kids are probably going to be having less sex. People are going to be having less sex. So that mean I got to keep but, having more babies for them? Uh, that's up to you. If you want to be, I a thought super you were gremlin, done. I'm just joking. You want to be a super gremlin? Be a super gremlin. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> Keep no. getting wet. And now I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if you lose your virginity in the metaverse, that means you're not a virgin anymore in real life. Come on, you, 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 you grown. <laughs> you know damn well the answer to that question. All right, just putting it out there. Well, that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. You switched like a pillow, bitch. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. We could have been superstars. 800 Hit us up right now. You switch like a little bitch. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Marcus. Calling from Florida. Marcus, good morning. Drinking out of the crazy water, though. Yes, you did. If you're from Florida, you ain't had no choice. It's in y'all orange juice, too. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> but by the way, I just want to thank God. Um, my wife, um, my fiance, she um, pretty much, she had caught cancer, and she pretty much had surgery and beat it. And she's All in right. the recovery process. Look at God. Yeah. Look at God. Amazing. Yes, and um, Angelique, she really inspires you. I wish she could meet you one day, but she really, um, you really inspire her. And she, basically, I'm saying thank you for her. And oh man, I hope I get to meet her one day too. What part of Florida are you guys in? St. Petersburg, Florida. And also, um, I had a call last week about my friend not being in my wedding, and um, he heard me on the radio, so you're gonna be in it now. <laughs> Okay, good. I love it. I love. I remember that call. Well, good for you, brother. What did his girl have to say about that? How did you work that out? Because I know his uh, his girl didn't want him walking down the aisle with another woman. So now what? Yeah, I don't know what happened, but he heard me on the radio for some reason on his way to work. He probably realized he probably realized how petty he was being, and he must have listened to uh, Bishop TD Jake's sermon on Sunday. I have permission when he said that your pettiness is getting in the way of your purpose. So you probably stopped right. being petty and said, "Man, let me let my let me let my guy walk." Yeah, it don't make sense not to, man. Especially you see all your other friends in that too. So absolutely, it all worked out for the best. Yes, right, sir. Bro. Well, you have a good one. We're so happy to hear that. That's all good news today. Hello, who's this? Hi, good morning. My name's Olivia. Hey, Olivia. Good morning, Peace, Olivia. Get it off your chest. Hi, I want to start off by saying happy birthday to my Valentine's baby. She turned six yesterday. Hey, Aww. happy birthday! Happy birthday! That's a real sweetheart. When you have a kid on Valentine's, that's a real sweetheart. She is. She's off fire. Um, but I also want to talk about the Kim and Kanye thing because I went through a similar situation um, with her father, where like he was trying really hard to get me back, and it still just did not work. Girl's done. She's done. You have to let it go. <laughs> yeah, he does need to let it go. He was doing the most yesterday. Did you have a new boo when he was trying to get you back? No, I didn't. Um, like, we got divorced, and we still tried to make it work, and um, it just was not working. And it was a waste of time. We were so young. And, you know, like, when a girl is out of that mindset, it's just not going to work out. Yeah, she seems like he's he has, out of that mindset. Yeah, he has some right. on it. It's pathetic at this point. 
It, it, yeah, I agree. But it ain't. It, it and the ain't more okay. and the more you do, the worse the worse you make it. The more you do when somebody's over it, that you keep on bothering them, it makes them not like you more. Now he could keep trying. It's just it's just some of the the, the, the things that he's doing. Like when, when he starts issuing on, on on Pete Davidson and talking about hurting him and all. Uh, that forget issuing on Pete. You issuing on your ex wife and your ex wife <laughs> and your kids. You can't like, issue yeah. on your wife publicly mm-hmm. and then try to get your get your wife back. And I think all of us need to remember one simple thing: when you What's love that? something, let it go. And if it's meant to be, then it's meant to be. You know, if if, if it comes back around, comes back to you, then it's, then it's meant to be. That's it. I don't believe in all that now. I ain't letting nothing Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Nah, be, you can't. Be. You got to, at some point, you got to let it go. You're going to drive yourself crazy. And that's with anything in life. That's not even just with relationships. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit you us up You switch right like now. a little bit. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? Super gremlin. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Hello, who's Riding this? Riding around in fancy cars. Good morning, y'all. This is Lanasia. Hey, good morning. Get it off your chest. Okay, first things first. I want to shout out to my beautiful husband, Sean. Bay, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for the shake and shake yesterday. It was bomb.com. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's the, see that, <laughs> stuff like that is we what people are supposed to appreciate. Listen, we was in the bed before 9.30 last night. It was I love it. Ooh, that's grown folks fun right there. Steak and shaking in bed before 9.30. God bless you, queen. God bless that king of yours. Period. And I just want to get off my chest the fact that why Starbucks don't got no more peace trick quit? What's that stuff they put in that medicine box? You said, they need to order some up. Oh, probably because of the, uh, the, the the chain supply. What's that supply chain demand? Supply chain demand yes. got a lot of things not on the shelf. A lot of shortages and everything. I'm finna write a letter. And <laughs> you can write a letter. You can be just with us waiting on everything else. I had a couch. Listen, I ordered a couch. I ordered a couch a year ago, and we finally got a delivery date for this Thursday. Wow. So we'll Leonardo, see. Did you write a letter? No, I ain't write no <laughs> letter. <laughs> The letter don't matter when the supply chain demands. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Leonardo, did you write a letter? Hello? Hello? Yes. Um, I would like to talk about Frederick Holder. Los Angeles Sheriff Department shot at him 33 times. 17 of those kids hit his body. And he was an unarmed black man at a traffic stop. Damn, where was this wow. at? Um, Los Angeles Sheriff De- Norwalk Sheriff Department. When was this? This happened in June 23rd of 2021. They have yet to give the family any notifications about what happened. They have yet to put the um have yet to put the report on the DA's desk. They took them seven days to tell the family that Frederick Holder was dead. Wow. Damn. They said the deputies who, who shot at him and he was an unarmed man driving on a freeway on a, on a ramp are still working. Wow. Yes, they are still working. Have y'all reached yeah. out to anybody? Have y'all reached out to like Ben Crump or anybody like that? Like I said, I'm his, I'm his sister and I'm new to all of this. And we're starting to do whatever we can at this moment to reach out wherever we can. We know we reached out to the sheriff's department and they were supposed to be meeting up with us. And for the second time, they have blew us off, telling us that they were going to meet with us. And they have not yet to meet with us to let us know the status of the officers that are still working. 
Wow. Wow. Um, I see you guys are having a 33-day protest also. Is that still happening? Yes, it is. We protest every day in front of the Norwalk Sheriff Department. And that's for the 33 bullets that they fired at him. Do do y'all have any of the grassroots organizations in LA down with y'all? Um, I guess, um, this is just now starting. I know at first we had Black Lives Matter um, behind us, but, you know, um, that was at the beginning. And then there is like, after that, we have no longer heard anything from them either. Wow. All right. I'm going to tweet out a link to the article for everybody listening so they can read about what's happening with Frederick Holder. We thank you so much for calling and bringing attention to this. Get her, get her, get her. You're welcome. Get her info, too. Get her info. If you go on to his Instagram page at at Justice for Fred H, you can see the video. You can hear how many shots that they shot at him. And you can see everything that we're trying to do to get justice for our system, for the rest of our black people that is happening. I looked up and I did research on my own. They They have three different shootings from the North Park Police Department then in that year. And all three of those men were armed, armed suspects, and they willingly knew that these people were still able to go home to their families. Frederick Holder was an unarmed man, and they gave him no chance, and it's not fair. Well, leave your email. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to put you on email with Sean King, and I'm going to see if... See if Sean King can amplify your situation. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way. Man, I don't want to even do this, but should we talk about Kanye? I mean, I feel like a lot happened, and I feel like every day we talk about this. All right. Can I avoid it? We'll talk about more Kanye coming up next on The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk verses. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Okay, so verses tonight. Anthony Hamilton versus Music Soul Child. Are you guys ready for this? Now, fans did react, though, because they found out that Versus is no longer free and it's no longer available on Instagram Live. So if you do want to watch the Versus tonight. That's not true. Swiss cleaned it up. No, Swiss said he just landed back from Dubai and he will, it, it will be on uh, Instagram tonight. Okay, because this is the Valentine's Day special. Versus will be featured exclusively on VersusTV.com. Now, the Verse Pass is $2.99 for a month and $29.99 for the year. So maybe they switched it back. Nah, he said uh, on his post, he said, see y'all right here tomorrow, Insta versus TV. Who y'all rocking with? Anthony Hamilton or Music Soul Child. You can also watch it in HD on VersusTV.com. I was out the country. Don't ask me who did it, but it's fixed. Bless up. Love y'all. That's not a bad idea, though. Okay, I mean, there's it, it, some verses I would pay for. I would have definitely paid for Gucci Jeezy. I would have definitely paid for Erica Badu, Jill Scott. I'd have paid for Ghostface and Raekwon. I mean, it has to start getting there because they're paying these artists a lot of money. These artists are not doing it for free. They're, they're paying these artists, so... They gotta make yeah, but they have sponsors, too. right? They have Ciroc. They, they have they have different sponsors. They have Triller. They paying these artists a lot and of money. And them sponsors cost. I, I sponsored the verses. Yes, it, God's honest truth. I sponsored the Fat Joe Ja Rule. Yes, yeah, they're paying these artists a lot. Mm. Like more than they and then, get probably and then they're doing some, And they're doing some of them. This one is, um, you know, live, so you can go to it. And then I'm sure you, you have to pay to go. Um, yeah. Is it the metaverse? Yes. 
No, it's not at the metaverse. But now, yeah, when they start doing it in the yes. metaverse, it's going to be, you know, people going to pay for that too. That's dope too, yeah. Yeah, so there's money floating around. Yes, no. All right. Mm-hmm. And now Kanye West and Julia Fox have broken up. A rep for Julia Fox has told E! News that she and Kanye are no longer dating, but they do remain good friends and collaborators, but they are no longer together. And so she went on her Instagram stories and said, y'all would love if I was so upset. The media would love to paint a picture of me, a sad, lonely woman crying on a plane by myself. But it's not true because people said she was in the airport and she was crying. She said, why not see me for what I am, which is a number one hustler. I came up, y'all, LOL. And not only that, but Kanye and I are on good terms. I have love for him, but I wasn't in love with the man. Jesus Christ, what do you guys think I am? 12 years old. And for the record, the only time I cried in 2022 was on February 6th on my dead BFF birthday. Anyway, if you want the full tea, you're going to have to buy the book when it comes out. I don't need a press release or a long Instagram caption or a book for a two-month relationship. I'm just saying. Well, she gonna make it All spicy. Right. She gonna make. They gonna give us a, a ton of money to write this book. It was two months. You, you don't think? You don't think people <laughs> like gonna I, buy it? They've been all. They met like New Year's Eve, right? We could have been superstars. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, now Kanye posted. On Valentine's Day, I don't have beef with Kim. I love my family, so stop that narrative. I'm not giving up on my family. I bought this coat for Kim before SNL. I thought it was particularly special. I have faith that we'll be you back together. Coat for Kim. What coat? The coat she was wearing, I guess. Oh, you said coat? Not that you said coat. Yeah, coat. <laughs> coat. Like, Jesus Christ. Coat. Come on now. <laughs> Whoa. He said, I never had anything against Daily Mail. I got love for everyone in the media, and I wish you all the happiness in the world. And then he goes on um, to say, we are public figures. So to the public and to the press, sometimes people call me crazy. But to be in love is to be crazy about something. And I am crazy about my family. Happy Valentine's. I just have a question. Okay. Was him and, him and Pete ever cool? No, right? Mm-mm. They didn't no. have any relationships or friends or nothing like that. Mm-mm. So Pete, Pete doesn't have any loyalty to him, right? Mm-mm. Okay. Now, Kanye also sent a truckload of roses to uh, Kim Kardashian and posted that on social media. Then he also posted a conversation in his text messages from Kim. And she told him, you are creating a dangerous and scary environment and someone will hurt Pete. And this will all be your fault. And she's absolutely right. And Kanye is using the streets. Mm -hmm. And then he posted that and let people know, please don't do anything to Pete. Uh, and he wanted to make sure that nobody harms him, so he posted a, cre- a screenshot oh, of that. He knows what he's and doing. Then, he's using the yeah. streets, and he's using street rappers the same way he used backpack rappers. I told y'all before, just like on Drink Chance, when he said he was just using the backpack rappers and he never really liked them. He's a master manipulator, and people fall for it all the time. You think he did that with the gospel music, too? Hmm. And then he posted, upon my wife's request, please nobody do anything physical to skeet. I'm going to handle the situation myself. <laughs> that sounds nasty. Please, nobody do anything physical to skeet. Why are you smacking your face, yo? What, 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 disgusting. What is wrong with you? That's all you do with skeet is physical stuff. What is wrong and with then, you? Uh, and then Kim texted yo. him, why can't you keep any face. of our conversations private? And he responded, because I got a text from my favorite person in the world. I'm your number one fan. Why wouldn't I tell everyone? Listen, man, Kanye is the epitome of just because someone does something good for you doesn't mean they're good for you. And as I've said before in regards to the streets, he's going to learn uh, wolves don't make great house pets, so he needs to stop playing like that. And also, Kim K's been rich her whole life, right? She's been rich since she was born, right? And mm-hmm. now she's wealthy. So what do you give the woman who has everything? Normalcy. 
And that was, that's what Peter's giving her right now. Normalcy, pizza, ice cream, and Staten Island. Connie, did you ever take her to Harold's? Huh? Did you ever take her to the DeLeon's barbecue in Chicago? It's driving him crazy that he has all that money and she's not interested in none of that right now. Just just be a good father to your kids and, and you know, let the marriage go, King. Come on. All right. Well, that is your rumor reports. And we got to stop deriding dysfunction, too. Like, literally. If this was anybody else and not Kanye West and, you know, he wasn't the... the rich, successful person when we walk around wearing his shoes, y'all would have all types of slander for his lame activity right now, for his lame behavior right now, for the way he won't leave, you know, uh, Kim alone right now. So knock it off. All right? Come on. Stop deriding dysfunction. At some point, we got to stop deriding dysfunction in our culture, right? I agree. And Kanye verse over Super Gremlin coming soon. <laughs> we could have been superstars. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Riding around in fancy cars. That was not safe for you. Do the skeet smack in your face. You switch like a little. This guy's crazy. All right. That is the rumor report. This guy's stupid. We got front page news coming up here. Yes, we're going to talk about a $650 million Hollywood Ponzi scheme. Prosecutors are saying this is the biggest in Hollywood history. Is that yak about to play? Yeah, can you pull up Super Gremlin Let me one hear time? that yak one time. That Super Gremlin goes so hard, Let me man. pull it up again. That's man. one record I don't mind hearing on the radio every hour on now. Let that yak fly one time, All right, man. let's go. Drop one of the clues bombs for yak. It's the Breakfast Club this morning. Riding around in fancy cars. Of Napa comes from the executive producer of Claws, and this juicy series has got it all. You do not want to miss The Kings of Napa. The drama unfolds every Tuesday at 8 7 Central on OWN. Leave Kodak alone, man. Hey, I've been singing Kodak Black Words wrong all my, since the song been up. My goodness. I thought he said riding around in fancy cars. He said, remember, we was jacking cars. I like my version better. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. For you. Let's get in some front page you switch news. Switch like a you little bitch. Would you stop saying that? We, re- we reached our bitch quota. <laughs> what, let's go eat. What we starting with? All right. Well, Zachary Horowitz, he's 35 years old. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison on Monday. And that is for a $650 million Ponzi scheme. Prosecutors are saying this is the biggest in Hollywood history. He was fabricating HBO and Netflix film deals. So basically, yeah, so he was uh, making what he calls misguided awful decisions. Now his attorneys are saying that he's not mentally well and he should not have to miss his two toddler sons growing up. But they said that he did a lot of extravagant spending and there was no explanation for it. He spent $706,000 on interior decorating, over $600,000 on cars, $345,000 on private jets and yachts. He was having parties. He was in the casinos gambling away money. And according to uh, the defense, they uh, the prosecutors, they said these are all expenditures of other people's hard earned money. So basically what he was doing was he was uh, telling people that he had a film distribution with HBO and with Netflix and investors were giving him money. He managed to get at least six hundred and fifty million dollars and he kept this scheme running for nearly seven years. He would take the money that he got from new investors and then repay the old ones with returns from twenty five percent to forty five percent. And then when that all collapsed, he ended up owing them two hundred and thirty million dollars. They said he drew from that money to cover his luxury spending he bought a 5.7 million dollar mansion he had a screening room and a wine cellar and they don't know what happened to the rest of the money other than uh the other things i told you about. yeah i never understand stories like this because you hear stories about these people who you know create these 
entertainment companies and they get mm-hmm. all of this funding from all of these people. And I'm like, where are these people giving out this money? Because there's so many people really in that space. Like, you know, folks like the, the Black Sands Entertainment or just even people with actual names that are in that space looking like, for investors. Yeah, John you know, Cohen does the Black NASCAR. That's the Black NASCAR. That's what I'm saying. Isaac Hayes and, and, and fan saying. base. Absolutely. Where are these people when it comes to actual legit black businesses? I don't get it. Obviously, this dude has a hell of a mouth game and can and talk I, his way whoa. through anything. And I don't even know if this guy's black. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if he's black, but I'm just saying. There's, there's a lot of legit businesses out there that people could be investing in. How do these people find these folks to finesse? It's unbelievable. And, you know, some of his investors were wealthier institutional investors, but there were other people who were middle class or elderly people who lost their retirement savings. Mm -mm -mm. They felt shame, stress, depression. Three victims actually spoke at the sentencing. One of them, Scott Cohen, is 52 years old. He has two six-year-old boys. He said he filed for bankruptcy as a result of putting money into Horowitz's bogus deals. He said the devastation has just been beyond Mm -mm -mm. words, and they're calling him another Bernie Madoff. He said, I'm surviving on food stamps, family loans, unemployment and any so work sad. I can find while I battle the combination of all my money being stolen and my other business being shut down from COVID. I have nothing. Another victim was an unnamed cancer survivor who was also running a small business and said they took out a loan to invest in the film deals. And he said that he spent in one month what it took me 15 years of honest work to accumulate and borrow against. You know, in my life, I'd I, I be thinking I know the right people, but clearly I don't because I'd be hearing these stories and I just do not know who these people are that are investing this kind of money in these small startups. I mean, like, there's a lot of people that invest because you hear all these stories all the time. You know I, know, I wish I got in on Uber. I wish I got in on Lyft. I wish I got in on this one. So people try. But, you know, what I don't understand, I mean, it's sad that people are losing their money, but there's no guarantee when you invest in these companies regardless. Like, you can yeah, invest, in, so, like you can invest right, in, in but, Uber and then lose. But this guy got six, how much money you said? 650 million. That's what I'm saying. That's a lot. That's a different type of cash flow, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what a, a company like Fanbase will do with $650 million? Like, come on, man. <laughs> and, I mean, just look at the Tinder swindler. Just look at Inventing Anna, all of these uh, specials and documentaries and stories Mm-mm-mm. about people who have spilled people. Happens every day, B. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Now, when we come back, Angela Rye will be joining us. Of course, she has a new position at ESPN. We yeah, she's, talked a, about she's that. a special correspondent at ESPN covering race and culture and social justice issues. All right. We'll get into all that when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest joining us this morning. Eddie Rye, daughter. Angela Rye is here. Yay. What's happening? I hope that you're um, doing that for whatever the energy was before I arrived. Well, and not because. What's wrong with Paula Santos? It's great. I'm just making sure you don't feel like you got to clear my energy. Why? What's wrong with that? Why not? Because I think I came in here with good energy. You did, but what's wrong with doing it? Okay. We do I it all the time. It. I receive it. You act like we don't do this now. Yeah, I feel like you're throwing on. the ashes. Did you get cheap house? <laughs> you got that house something from Walmart. <laughs> well, first of all, congrats to you. Thank you. She okay. partnered with ESPN to be a correspondent on sports-related matters of race, culture, and social justice issues. What, what exactly is that position, Angela Rye? Well, I think we're still shaping it. Part of it is, you know, unfortunately, systemic oppression and racism exists everywhere, Facts. including um, in sports. And so part of what I'm hoping to do is draw attention to these matters in different ways. I think being on cable news for so long, I got used to like the Mortal Kombat vibe, 
right? Like, like the versus. Yeah. Yeah, Angela Rye versus the old white man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> yes. time, yes. Yes, yeah. every time. And um, it was toxic, mm-hmm. right? Like there were times, and you know this, I would go off air and cry. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it didn't feel good. And so I think what I look forward to now just like with, you know, BT specials in the past, some of the stuff we did with title in the past is being able to shape a narrative our way. Like we get to define who we are and how we're perceived. Um, and I think that's important. And so what I'm grateful for is that they thought that what I talk about and how I speak on these issues matters, even in the sports world. So I've been um, told by some folks like, you know, well, what do you know about sports? Not enough to be a sports commentator. And that's yeah. not what I'll be doing. It's more you know, when you look at the Brian Flores lawsuit, mm-hmm. what's the impact of that? What are things that they're doing in corporate America that have helped? What are the best practices that the NFL could implement to see real change? They've been talking about it since Colin and not a lot has changed. You know, it's interesting to me about that. Like they'll say to you, what do you know about sports? But when these issues happen, nobody says to the sports pundits, what the hell do y'all know about social justice? Yeah. What do y'all know about racial issues? Yeah. So it, it would only make sense to bring somebody like you into that space. We're talking about issues of equity, social justice, race, mm-hmm. culture, the way that um, sports shapes culture. And there will be things that I do that are sports related because it was a part of me. Now, I wasn't good in basketball, mm-hmm. but I played. You were the point guard, right? I was the point guard, a shooting guard. Shooting guard. Later, mm-hmm. because my three point was cold. But see, I don't even want people to get caught up in that, though. Because, like, you're not on ESPN to talk sports. And as long as these people in those spaces are going to be talking about the things that are your area of expertise, you should be there. But you know, one of the favorite things that um, we talk about, one of my favorite things that we talk about is like the gray matter. So I am going to be talking about sports at the intersection of got all you, of these other you. things, right? They're, they're still human beings. What, what platform do you think um, has the most impact nowadays? Is it is it is it, mm. a, is it a network like ESPN? Is it a MSNBC? I think it it depends on the issue, right? Like, I think that there are are certainly moments where Breakfast Club is the most impactful platform. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are are issues that you talk about on your new show, The God's Honest Truth, where Mm -hmm. that's the most impactful. And part of it is a willingness to go beyond what is deemed acceptable and, like, the right way to talk about issues and willing to push the envelope. Mm -hmm. That's what I think matters the most. Uh, Are there similarities between the sports world and political world? Yeah. I think that anytime human beings are involved, politics are involved. Mm. So, for example, whether or not somebody gets a promotion at work, politics. Mm -hmm. Do you like the person? Right. Um, There are politics in our in our kids and our nieces and nephews schools. They're running for office. (laughs) Politics are involved. So anytime somebody gets a promotion, gets a demotion, gets fired, gets retained, all of those things, those are political. Mm -hmm. There are procedures, rules, regulations. Employee handbooks, mm-hmm. those are, you know, akin to laws. That's all p- political. So I don't see any difference at all. The Rooney Rule is something that is political. Some mm-hmm. people would call it, um, especially if you're on the other side of the aisle or super conservative, it's, um, you know, a, a race baiting rule, they say, because you're, you know, it's trying to fulfill a quota because you're talking about who you interview mm-hmm. and whether or not they're an ethnic minority. I hate the term minority, by the way, a person of color. It. I hate it too. Yeah. We're not a minority. Now, when you talk about the Rooney Rule, I don't know what the equivalent of that would be in corporate America, right? Oh, there's several. I know. I I, I can't. I don't know what the technical terms for them are. But it's like when you say you got to interview a person, why can't you go farther and say you have to hire a person? So, okay, that's a really good question. So first, let's talk about what a Rooney rule would be in a corporate environment. 
It's a diverse hiring practice. Uh, <laughs> it's literally what it is. Or to your point, it's a diverse interviewing practice because the Rooney Rule is so confined to, oh, we're going to interview a candidate. Initially, when it was started, the Rooney Rule was designed to ensure that coaches were interviewed. Mm -hmm. After the murder of George Floyd, they expanded it to, to GMs, to offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, etc., and now, when you look in corporate America, they have diverse hiring practices, mm -hmm. hiring, not interviewing. Mm -hmm. And in some instances, they will tie a bonus, a review metrics to a manager or supervisor's work, like to their review. Like, did you do well? What is your, does, does your employee slate look diverse? Mm -hmm. And if they don't have diversity on their teams, they're not getting bonuses in some instances. Now, question, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on this. When it comes to like civil rights, civil liberties, you can't specifically say you want it to go to a certain oh, race. Yeah, right? I forgot you talked about that. Yeah. So here's the thing. There have been lawsuits when it's been deemed a racial quota. Mm. And one of the things that we saw um, is actually a University of Michigan affirmative action case um, where they said a critical mass, having a critical mass of people of color is important in a learning environment. It's important in every environment. But now there are two new cases that will go before the Supreme Court and um, be decided by this summer that challenge even that norm. Um, now they're challenging even critical mass. Mm -hmm. And so a quota is supposed to be deemed like a set aside. I don't think there's anything wrong with quotas, but they have been deemed unconstitutional in the past. Why though? I mean, especially I for our people. Who you see, I'm wearing your merch. We, we do this joint for free. for free. They won't give us reparations, so why not do that in I don't corporate know. America? I wish I could give you that answer. It's not just in corporate America. We should have a critical mass in um, elected offices. Mm -hmm. We should have a critical mass in government contracts at the municipal, state, and federal level. Mm -hmm. We should have a critical mass everywhere. There should be quotas, and that should be fine. But for whatever reason, they've deemed that as a, a bridge too far. It's unconstitutional. Our good brother, Killer Mike, always says um, we should be represented 13% in every major industry in America. Well, whatever the at population least. is. Yeah, yeah at least. The black people, I think population what, 13, 14% of us? Yeah. He said we should be represented like that sometimes in every... Sometimes they say 12 sometimes. I need to see, what does it say in the census this time? I don't know. I wonder how many of us filled that out. That's important. All right, we got more with Angela Rye. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Angela Rye. Charlemagne? Now, I would think that you would be on ESPN this morning talking about the NFL halftime show. Now, um, yes. this morning, Mara, and I'm about to hack her name, Shiva. Shiva Campo. How you know that's what I was about to do? Because I know you, and you don't <laughs> say words with less syllables. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was on CNN this morning and she said it was a good night for hip hop and I'm quoting her, but a yeah. bad day for the movement because the NFL was able to successfully use black performers to distract black audiences from the issues that are important to them without making any meaningful change. What do you think of that statement? So here's what I'm going to say first. I'll do a positive and a negative. Mm -hmm. I am so excited that yesterday was an all West Coast everything. Because you grew up in Seattle? Yes. And you grew up off all those problematic rap tunes? That was everything to me. And even Tupac, you know, made an appearance, at least to yeah. the keys. So yeah, like that was a meaningful moment. I don't think I'm distracted though. I think that we can celebrate the fact that there's never been a hip, hip hop halftime show in the NFL and still say we know there are several issues with the NFL. Roger Goodell himself, finally confessed to it. He didn't say it in the first statement about mm -hmm. Brian Flores' lawsuit, but he said it in the second one, like, the current um, coaching situation is unacceptable. 
We also know that there are several issues with the way that Collins' case was handled. And there are several issues that will continue to come up until they make real change. Even if you look at who's who are the fans that can afford to sit in the stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an yeah. exact flip of who's on the field. Like, yeah. we are very clear about what the issues are, and we were entertained. And people still tuned in. Do you think folks look hypocritical calling the NFL racist? But then we support it by watching, by buying the merchandise, mm. you know, by posting about it on social media, like... Yeah, I think that I think that we're all walking hypocrites, yes. if I'm honest. What is the appropriate protest and then who leads it? And, and from my perspective now, I mm -hmm. think if we're not getting real direction from the few black coaches that exist and from the players and what they expect from us, I don't really know where we go from here. Like, I don't know if, if turning it off is sufficient anymore. Yeah. Do we ask advertisers to pull dollars? Do we, like, what is the actual protest and what is the, the cause that we're seeking? It feels like it's parody and diverse hiring practices and ensuring that black coaches are retained the same way they will retain a star black athlete. So I don't really know. And black ownership, but also yeah. that there has to be a shift in how you can get access to ownership. There's only, you have to be a billionaire to be an NFL owner. Yeah. They should consider having an inspector general in the NFL or What's like that? an ombudsman. So in every federal government agency, they have the office of inspector general. That office is not overseen by the head of the agency, by the secretary, whomever it is. They are a separate entity that's conflict, like not conflicted at all, they can examine what's happening in that agency. I think the same thing needs to happen in the NFL. It needs to be an outside party that can investigate what's going on and how you really break into the good old boys club. Do you think Jay-Z and Rock Nation's role in the NFL has helped to hurt? I think that the jury's still out, right? I think that yesterday was a really historical moment. Shout out to our good sister, Des. What up, Des? But I would love to see some of the things that I know she believes influence the commissioner and the ownership. The ownership has to be willing to be influenced. Mm -hmm. Right now, it feels like they're an impenetrable group that even Roger Goodell doesn't have mm -hmm. <laughs> control of, right? Like he doesn't even have the influence he needs over that group. So I don't know what we're expecting from them, right? Like the, the initially that partnership was entertainment, social justice. They've ran commercials. Mm -hmm. They've put up acts. Janae Aiko performed yesterday as well. Mm -hmm. Like. What else do we want from that partnership? And then I think they need to ask that. Like, mm -hmm. what were their expectations? Has this partnership met those goals? I don't know. Do you think when you see artists, when you see the artists perform, when you see Eminem taking a knee, when you see Dr. Yeah, Dre, I forgot about that part. Yeah, which he did. I thought they bleeped the line, but he did say the line. Still not loving police. Yeah. Do you think those acts of protest help? Sure. Okay. But I think that they help us to be seen and affirmed. Do they help the typical NFL viewer who right now says that the NFL is doing too much for the blacks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like real life poll that just happened. So that's I think that's also one metric where we can see, hmm. yeah, there's free speech, but what did it cost Colin to get there? Right. Um, yeah, there's this access to um, these different performers and that makes us feel seen and affirmed, but it's pissing off these other folks. Des and Jay could look at that and say, well, because they're saying they're finally doing too much for black folks, that means we've had an impact. But they have to ask themselves, is that impact was that impact worth it? That's such an interesting statement to right? say black people no, the NFL is doing too much for blacks. <laughs> especially when the NFL is the players are seventy percent black. It's so Think crazy. about how much black players have done for the NFL. That's exactly right. So, so I mean, yeah. So this is why it makes perfect sense for you to have the position you have on ESPN. Yeah. And what do you when you see like uh, Jamel and Carrie? They they're on 
CNN. CNN now. So it's almost CNN like plus. y'all traded, traded positions. What, what does that mean to you? Well, first of all, shout out to my girls. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of them and proud of the space. I know they'll occupy so well. What I think is that it's unfortunate that Jamel wasn't more protected. And I think that now, after George Floyd, there are some people in that building that get it um, and have some regrets. And to the point where now there's a documentary directed by Spike Lee that Jamel is a producer on in partnership with ESPN. So oh, that's with ESPN? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The Colin Kaepernick. Doc. That's yeah. right. That's right. So I think that there have been some changes. And I think that one day there will be a real full circle moment for Jay and for other people who deserve to be seen. I hope that same thing happens with me. I think that I was really misunderstood. Um, misunderstood where? Where? At CNN. At CNN? Yeah, really? I do. I don't think you were misunderstood. I just think you weren't appreciated and valued. Or, or maybe, I don't know. But I mean, people can say what they want. I've said it a million times. You absolutely changed the way people present on those networks. I think you made it possible for like, you know, black women to really show up and be their true authentic selves on all of these networks. That's why you see a bunch of little wannabe Angela Rise running don't around. that. We were in an era, we still are, where it is so dangerous. And I went into every appearance feeling the weight of that. Mm. You know, like feeling like I have to go and represent for my people who don't get to say what they really believe at work. And so the thing, the one regret that I have, ooh, that makes me emotional. But the one regret that I have is there are a lot of, what just happened? I hate you. You make me cry for no reason. Oh, I make you cry for no reason. Everything makes you cry for no reason. That's true. (laughs) But there are little girls or young women who would ask at schools, how do you get to be yourself on air and you can stay in that role? Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where I was myself on air and I couldn't stay in that role. So there are times where Mm. I worry that I gave them bad advice because I don't know if they'll be protected at work. And yet what I know, like what I know, no, thank you. You slow, give me that box. Not not toilet. (laughs) I hate you so much. But you know what what I hope is that there's a time where we can be our unapologetic selves, angry if we need to be, sad if we need to be, um, happy if we need to be, corn road if we need to be, whatever it is, and that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Like black women are criminalized for how they wear their hair, you know, whether or not their earrings are too big. I remember the first appearance I did on MSNBC and a black man was in my Twitter feed saying my hoops were ghetto. And I was wow. like, I'm just being myself. And so I wanna make sure that when I tell them that it's okay for them to be themselves on, themselves on air at school and at work, that I didn't lie to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they took advantage of, uh, well, CNN, I, took, I think they took advantage of your natural personality. Mm. Meaning, like, that wasn't an that act. That wasn't an act. Like, a lot of, I, I, I see a lot of people now, I can tell that they're performing. Yeah. Because you made space for that. But that's really who you were. And I think they knew that. So they paired you with people that would piss you off, for lack of, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah, there was, there was a segment, um, and then I want to get off them. But there was a mm-hmm. segment one time where this man, I'm not even gonna say, give him the benefit of mentioning his name, but he attacked Obama on Twitter. And I went back at him and he said something so crazy to him, I don't remember what it was. But they asked me if I could go on air, like maybe two hours after that. And we were supposed to be talking about one thing. And when I got on air, it was the guy. Wow. And I went off after that segment. I was like, don't you ever do that again. All right, we got more with Angela Rye. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Angela Rye. Charlemagne? Why are your Democrats so trash? Oh, Jesus help. 
Well, for, let me let me ask you just one first question first. Okay. Give them a grade. I will give them a strong D plus. Ooh, D plus. Okay, why? Um, I don't want to say failing because I think there have been some small efforts made. I know people who are working in that administration are really trying and are hitting a wall. I have some anxiety about this judicial nomination for the Supreme Court. Really? I do. Why? Um, you don't think he's going to nominate a black woman like he said? I think he'll nominate a black woman like he said, but I also think that um, we're in an era where the type of black you are matters. You say it all the time. What's your phrase? Yeah. all It's not mine. It's actually Zora Neale Hurston, mm -hmm. but all your skin folk ain't your kin folk. Mm -hmm. And so if you are not going to go in there and protect us, like we clearly need to be protected. If you look at the latest Alabama gerrymandering decision where the Supreme Court is demonstrating that they are likely going to gut Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act 2, mm. we're not getting a Voting Rights Act out of the Senate unless there's some real pressure applied to people who don't realize um, what the assignment is. You know, I just I'm not seeing the fight and I'm not seeing the strategy. And it's disappointing. There are a lot of people in there doing some really good work. But I need them to have the platform in this space to perform, including Kamala, mm -hmm. including Kamala. Like, I love her and I want to see her shine. And I'm just not seeing that right now. Um, also really worried that, you know, the same approach that is being taken with this Russia, Ukraine issue isn't being taken with issues stateside. Black folks are economically really hurting right now. Absolutely. This pandemic is hurting people mentally, emotionally, economically, physically. Um, and I'm not saying there. I, I do think they've done well with COVID the best they can with all the unknowns. But it, it was women asking for full tanks of gas for Valentine's. You know Day. what? Let me. Oh, are you serious? Yes. They don't want no flowers, no balloons, no teddy bears. I want a full tank of gas. We should go give Just people gas some so gas high. after this. Can we give them some gas? No, that's a Valentine's gift. But we should go help them. Oh, yeah, they don't yeah. have a Valentine. I'll do that after Valentine's Day. Lenard, we can make the sacrifice. We should I'm go. Let's saying. go buy five people gas after this each. Five people gas. Where we at in the city? Let's just go somewhere. Let's go to Jersey somewhere. So it's, have a to little, pump it's a little far. Yeah, oh, you don't have to pump it, and it's a little cheaper. In I will Jersey. do that. I'm serious. Okay. Oh, this was the thing I was going to say. I might give them a C minus, actually. And let me tell you why. All right. They nominated a bunch of black women to the courts. And well, but what does that mean to your earlier point about who are these people? Well, but here's the thing. These are actually good women. One one of them is a good friend of mine, Kendra Davis Briggs, who is she's been wanting to be a judge as long as I've known Kendra. So there's there are some changes being made in that regard that I know matter in the long run, mm -hmm. because once we are on the bench, we dictate what the law is. So that stuff really does matter. So midterms of this year. Mm -hmm. What do you tell people? To energize them to go vote. Mm -hmm. George Floyd Policing Act hasn't passed. Black people still out here getting killed by police. Yeah. Build Back Better hasn't passed. Yeah. Um, voting rights are still being suppressed, which is the wildest one to me. You want to encourage people to go out there and vote but knowing that they can't. Able to. It, yeah. So it's like, what incentive is there for people to go out there and vote in the midterms? I would rather the effort on voters be placed on applying pressure to elected officials to vote the right way. The elected officials have to vote before we can vote. That's, that's right? what I'm saying. And so in order for um, us to get to the ballot box and um, access it freely to exercise our franchise, they need to be voting. So I think that that means calling senators and saying, I know that the Voting Rights Act that you named <laughs> after John Lewis is not currently being considered, but it has to be. Mm -hmm. Like there is no you in office without me, without this bill. I mean, it's, it feels like a desperate situation. I do not see 
how this is going to end well for us. I really don't. Yeah, it's never Which a, means it's not going to end well for them. They won't call out the mansions and cinemas. Well, who is they? Because some of them are. I hate to say it, but the ones whose voices really, truly matter. But more importantly, why aren't they speaking up for the people who are running for these seats, these Senate seats? Why aren't they down there supporting the Gary Chambers? I think that in Joe Biden's mind and probably the closest people around him, Mm -hmm. they would say, if you hit them on this, they're not going to be with you on any of your other priorities. What we all see that they don't, for whatever reason, is they're not going to be with you on any of your priorities anyway. So, yeah, I agree with you that they should be hitting that hard. With Gary, shout out to Gary, dear brother. Um, I think that they would think he's too militant. That's what you need. You need somebody that's cutting through. His messaging is clear and concise. When I say these things, sometimes you think I'm saying that this is my posture. Mm -hmm. It's not my posture. It's theirs. That's what Democrats are missing right now. Missing right now because their messaging sucks. The messaging sucks because what are they going to champion? What are you going to champion? We used to say all the time, you know, you can't have a, a message without the policy that follows. So where are your policy victories right now? If you don't have any, what are you going to message? So when they lose the midterms this year, what happens? He's going to be stuck. They, they, he's going to get impeached mm-hmm. in the House. He won't get removed from office on the Senate side. There Again, there are still a number of senators who are not super radical. There aren't enough radical senators to remove him mm-hmm. on the conservative side. But it's going to be a mess. What does this say for uh, Vice President Harris's political future? I think if they lose the midterms, and Kamala is not seen on a larger platform and has and is able to exercise the influence that we both know she has, she's not going to be able to run. So I'm really hoping that there's a 180 and quickly. It's like it's overdue. Now, before you go, I want you to say something about your uncle. Oh. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Rye. You was posting mm-hmm. all this weekend that uh, he went he went missing. So has there been any, mm-hmm. been any updates? Thank you for doing that. Um, no. Do you really try to make me cry today? So this is the most nerve-wracking thing ever. Uh, my uncle's 77 years old. This is my dad's um, younger brother. He's starting to show signs of dementia mm. and left the house um, on Tuesday night, last seen at a Safeway in Renton, Washington, which is just outside of Seattle, passed out in the store. They called the, the medics to take him to Valley General, which is a hospital in Renton. Um, he's there for a few hours. They release him, never request an emergency contact. How do you release him to to just the world? Because, and I'm going to tell you why. Give him a goddamn bus pass, and we don't know where he went after that. Hold on, they gave him a bus pass? They gave him a bus. He requested a bus pass. They gave him a bus pass. Don't find an emergency contact. Don't tell people where he's going. And I think it's because of this. My uncle doesn't look like, you know, super well. And so I think they assumed that this black man, this elder black man, was homeless and that he wouldn't be able to pay the hospital bill. Wow. So I don't think they gave a damn about what happened to him. I didn't know they gave out bus passes. I didn't know they did either. And but to where? I don't know. But this is my point. Like, there are three bus routes. I've been, like, on full-on detective mode with my family trying to find him. Like, thinking, should I go home? Like, what am I going to do if I go home? Like, we're trying to figure it out. But, like, I just want to know if people saw him. Like, I don't... Like, in my heart right now, I don't believe that he's dead. I just believe that he's lost. Why wouldn't they call somebody? They didn't even request an emergency contact from him. He had his cell phone on him. His cell phone was working until yesterday. Really? Yeah. You couldn't track it? That we tried to track it. They said, now the battery's dead. And we were like, why didn't you track it before that? Yikes. It's the most maddening thing. And my dad and my, um, there's six of them total. My aunt passed the year before um, she was in a domestic violence situation. And they found her face down by her garbage cans. 
And so for my dad to potentially lose another sibling like this where there's so much unknown, it just, we can't, I'm not, like, I'm refusing to give up. So yeah, if y'all have any information, Ooh. please hit us up. Yeah, Jerry W. Rye, adult black male, 77 years of age, 6'4", thin build, facial hair. And they don't care about our elders. And you would think in this Somebody's world with- dad with, and grandfather. Yeah, and with everything under surveillance, you think somebody would have saw him somewhere at the bus well, they, station? They, they saw him getting on the bus, but there's nothing after that. And they didn't say the bus, you don't know the bus to where? We No. And we're trying, we're like, we've reached out to the head of Metro to see if any of the drivers at that time, because he got on the bus around 7 p.m. Um, Pacific time, if they could find him. We don't know. It's the most nerve wracking thing ever. Yikes. Yeah. We'll take y'all's prayers and any information you have. Definitely. You. Well, Angela Rye, thank you, it was great brother. to see you. Good to see, see you, you on ESPN. Thank you. Again soon. Yep. It's Angela Rye. Thank it's The you. Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Whoopi Goldberg was back on The View yesterday after her two-week suspension. Now, she did say everybody uh, she appreciates who reached out to her, and she got some surprising calls and messages, but she also says she's done a lot of listening. Here is her return. And welcome to The View. And yes, I am back. And we missed you. And I missed you all, too. i got to tell you, there's something kind of marvelous about being on a show like this because sometimes we don't do it as elegantly as we could and sometimes well yeah you know (laughs) but it's five minutes to get in important information about topics and that's what we try to do every day and I, I listened to everything everybody had to say and I was very grateful and I hope it keeps all the important conversations happening because we're gonna keep having tough conversations yeah it happens to the best of them, man. You know, mm-hmm. you've been doing this long enough, whether it's TV, radio, whatever, you're going to say something that somebody doesn't like and you're yeah. probably going to have to take a break for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Happy to all of us. All right, right now, another person who has a show, Nick Cannon, on Valentine's Day yesterday, he shared a new single and he did it over oh, a sample Lord. of a song called Alone in Love. That's off Mariah's debut album. And here's what he had to say in this song called Alone. I'ma say I Nick, you're suspended from studios for two lifetimes. <laughs> you are suspended from studios for two lifetimes, Nick. Cannon. He's enjoying life. He misses his okay. ex. He said, if I could have you back, if I could go back to where we started. Which one, though? Which one? Exactly. Said, I want you back. It's probably better where you at. I mean, look, he did it over a sample of Mariah's song. You know, and he said he would trade it all for the case if he but could it, have her back. Yeah, like four of the kids since Mariah. Though. Five of the kids. Mind Mariah. your business. You done had four of the kids since Mariah. Me too, but the same I'm the same household though. No. Well, look, we don't know, or maybe it's just a song. Y'all worried about the wrong right? things, okay? What we need to do is be worried about right now. doing music. All right, that's what the, that's the He's issue. Enjoying life, okay? Worried about the wrong things. Here. <laughs> All right, now London on the track and Shinsia. They were caught holding hands, and there was some post online about it. The two of them were at the Super Bowl together, but. Shantia said it's not all that it seems. She captioned it, Maine, he held my hand to save me from falling, man. And 
So people still don't believe it, though. But there you have it. So the two mm-hmm. of them, according to her comment in the shade room, he was just trying to hold her hand to keep her from falling. All right. Now, Dream Doll has been rejecting Kodak Black's advances. As you know, uh, he's been writing to her on social media. He said, I want to show you ish I ain't shown before. He posted um, a Dream Doll written out in rose petals on the floor <laughs> and all of that. He said, it's Valentine's, baby. We got to finish what we started. And so she said, y'all need to stop gassing this M-word. This is BTS from our video shoot. You will never be my man, Kodak. Please Damn. stop. Now, Kodak went on Instagram Live. I guess that offended him. And here's what he had to say. And Charlotte, like, being had, like, little history. Like, like throwback and So, throwback for she had any kind of motion. And then girls, like, I forget. They get them a few more dollars, and then they feel like they old. <laughs> look, look at this I've been trying to hold trying to play a like a some kind of inferior to them. Like, they bigger than this in some kind of way. How they trying to play a Oh, boy, you could never. Out of boy, you know what I'm saying? Clearly, show, but behind the scenes, they going, you hear me? Going. So it's like, that's why I went public trying to show, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad. He's shooting his shot. No, it's definitely promoting that video and song, right? Yeah, now now we want to see, yeah, because we're looking at all the behind the scenes pictures. Now, he goes on to say this, and I just want to say something. Just because you like a woman, right, does not mean that she owes you anything just because she might want to work with you or do something with you. Let's not make it uncomfortable for women out here trying to do their thing. So here's what he had Very to say true. about, he, he was referencing Young Miami, and he was talking about Dream Doll. Yeah, I'm the same shit, dream. Like, I struck a nerve in the back then. Basically, I told her, you know, other shit, like, y'all got to, um... Y'all gotta let me smash, you hear me? Cut the music, little trash. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all gotta let me bust, you hear me? Like, yeah, hey, I already do what y'all own. So, it's like, you ain't finna, they will be able to get what you want, and I don't get me none. Uh uh-uh. uh. What about me? What about what y'all want? Been having all your, boy, behind the scenes, they going. They just be old, be scared of gangsters. They don't want no gremlin. They want to smurf, you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Catch the ass in the flesh, you in a chest like baby powder. Translation. Yeah, that's not how that works, Kodak. What do you say? At all. Uh, go ahead, G. Translate it. I'm just saying, look, if somebody wants to work with you, if a woman wants to work in the studio with a man, it's already hard enough. Yes. Right? So don't make it uncomfortable for her feeling like she got to do this with you in order for you to get on a song with her. That's yes. not true. And, what, no, and it's say? definitely not trash. And no woman owes you anything. Like, I don't I don't like people If you want to work with her, work with her. If you yes. don't, don't. That's yeah. that. Yeah, What's yeah. wrong with the Smurfs, though? Yeah, instead of Smurfs, he should have said Magua. Like, that's what you got to say, Kodak. They don't want no gremlin. They want a Magua, okay? But the moral of the story is, yes, I don't. you can't have a sense of entitlement when it comes to any of this, and especially with, 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 with women that you're working with. Like, even, like you, you hit it right on the head. Just because you like a woman, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't owe you anything. Yeah, and it's already super hard for women having to go in the studio. They talk about it all the time. Just feeling uncomfortable, guys coming on to you. Just get to the work, get to the business, all right, and leave it at that. And Kodak also is out of the hospital. He was shot in the leg, and so they said that he had a walker, and there's pictures of him leaving the hospital. As we told you before, there were four people hit with bullets in a shooting that broke out after Justin Bieber's after party at the Nice Guy. And he was taken to the hospital. He was listed in stable condition. Everybody is okay. But they're saying he's being extra cautious now using a walker and, and walking pretty slowly. If you see that video, you All see right. police cars out there and everything. There's a ton of people out there. It's very scary. And well, also- that is your rumor report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for after the hour, you know, donkey today, I'm definitely talking about... uh. You know, entitlement. Because okay. what happens when people are 
entitled is uh, they end up getting all access cut off. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is Deepak Chopra's Mind Body Zone. In this podcast, Deepak talks with guests like John Batiste and helps listeners redefine their lives. Sign up for a free 30-day audible trial at audible.com slash breakfast club. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty fun. Charlemagne the devil? Possibly. Yes, 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 yes. Donkey of the day for Tuesday, February 15th. It is the 15th, right? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Goes to a 23-year-old aspiring rapper named Isaiah Smalls. I'm glad this story happened because it's a teachable moment. Uh, I doubt y'all will learn anything from it because it's simply not what y'all want to hear. But it is a teachable moment nonetheless. All right. Now, even though this kid is 23, this Mm -hmm. isn't an age thing. All right. This isn't a generational thing. And, uh, eh. It's a generation. It's, yeah, this is a generational thing. And by generation, I don't mean age. I just mean this era that we currently all collectively live in. Okay, there has been some type of repressive regimentation, some type of brainwashing. The human brain has been altered and controlled by certain psychological techniques, and it has reduced people's critical thinking skills and has changed folks' attitudes, values, and beliefs. And it has given people a sense of entitlement that is unreal. Okay, I know regardless of what line of work you're in or who you are or where you live, you felt that sense of entitlement that people have. All right. People will have your phone number. And if they text you and you don't get right back to them, they will text you talking crazy. All right. How are you asking me for something? And when I don't reply when you want me to or how you want me to, you talking crazy to me. Forget what I got going on in my life. All right. You just upset that I didn't reply back to you. Now I got to block you because I don't want that energy of entitlement around me. Okay, there is there is there is this level of access that people think they have. I don't know if it's because of social media and social media has such a lack of boundaries and people feel like since they can at you whenever they want to, they can talk to you however they want to. And in the case of Isaiah Smalls, pop up on you whenever they want to. Okay, entitlement. The belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges of special treatment. Isaiah, Isaiah Smalls was arrested on this past Saturday for trespassing on Sean Combs property. Yes, Sean Combs, the black cultural icon known as Diddy. Drop on the clues, bombs for Diddy. All right. Love, brother love, puff, whatever you want to call him. This 23-year-old aspiring rapper Isaiah Smalls was arrested for trespassing on Diddy's property. He showed up to Diddy's Los Angeles home and began pounding on the security gate in an attempt to have a conversation with Diddy. (laughs) To audacity, the unmitigated goal for you to show up at my house, knock on my door in the middle of the day on a random Saturday, unannounced, to have a conversation with me? Do you know what it takes to have a conversation with Diddy? Do you know the channels you have to go through? I mean, we're all blessed, you know, on this show to over the years have developed a relationship with with the brother Diddy. You know, I I have his number. We spoke on the phone. We FaceTimed. But I don't think I've ever called him directly. And honestly, I don't know if I would simply because I don't like to abuse that access. And by the way, it don't matter if it's Diddy 
or somebody else. I'm not abusing access to anyone. I don't feel entitled to anyone's time. I don't feel entitled to anyone's energy, even people that work with me. Okay. Like, no, we all human and we all got boundaries. And I know how I get when I feel like someone is violating my boundaries. I remove access. Okay. So Isaiah, Isaiah Smalls, you have absolutely no access to Diddy and you really thought you would get it by pulling up to his crib in LA and banging on his security gate. Uh-uh-uh. Super Bowl weekend? <laughs> when people were flying in to rob people? <laughs> but, but, but wait, it gets worse. In a video, TMZ, okay? In a video, TMZ got, you can see Isaiah Smalls pacing in front of Diddy's estate, looking frustrated, looking mad because nobody is answering the gate for him. Do you hear this? You show up to a mogul's house. You show up to this man's house unannounced in L.A. where there is currently a crime wave. Super Bowl weekend. You know how many robberies and stuff happened this weekend? And you banging on his gate and you mad that nobody answered, okay? I'm telling you, there's a sense of entitlement in this generation, in this era that is unreal. Now, Isaiah Smalls wasn't happy with just pacing in front of the estate angry. No, 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 no. He's clearly a habitual boundary stepper because he successfully hopped the fence mm. when he was promptly apprehended by security. That sentence could easily read where he was promptly shot and killed by security. Okay? Do you understand the current climate we live in, Isaiah? People getting robbed. People getting killed. There's a crime wave in L.A. right now. It was Super Bowl weekend. He was reading stories where uh, private security companies were booked up to the max. And you hop in the fence of an L.A. mansion that just a couple months ago went on the market for $14.5 million. Do you understand the type of PTSD and anxiety someone like Diddy has? This man has seen so much violent stuff around him. Okay, do you think his security is playing about him at all? Now, thank God he wasn't home. Thank God his kids weren't home. Because if they were, Isaiah, you would probably be dead right now. And what pisses me off about this is he was arrested and released from custody an hour later. He hasn't learned nothing in an hour. All right, the consequences and repercussions of this are not severe enough. I don't know how you teach people not to have a sense of entitlement. I really don't. But I can assure you that your sense of entitlement, that belief that you are inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment, will leave you with nothing. Guaranteed. Nobody owes you anything. You have absolutely no right to show up to someone's house unannounced, then jump the gate. And it's scary to think that you thought that would lead to a civil conversation. Like, hey, Mr. Diddy, I just jumped your fence. I know I'm trespassing, not here to kill you or anything, but I have this demo I would like you to hear. Really? Really? I don't care if you're the most amazing artist Diddy has ever heard. He's not going to receive anything you're delivering. He won't be picking up anything you're putting down because of the approach. Okay? By the way, not only does that not burn your relationship, you know, with, with Diddy, it burns your relationship with any and everybody with common sense. Because this is on your resume. And when people hear the name Isaiah Smalls, they just going to think of this kid who hopped Diddy's fence to give him a demo. And you know what that translates to? Entitlement. A sense of entitlement only justifies your own selfishness. I know all I need to know about you now, and I don't want no parts, young man. Please let Remy Ma give Isaiah Smalls the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker. Are you dumb? And by the way, what separates privilege from entitlement is gratitude. Okay, I thank God for every opportunity, for every position. I take none of it for granted. I thank God for every relationship. And I am owed nothing, but I owe God everything. Okay? Okay. Diddy needs a dog. 
He needs a dog. He that did. He needs a dog. When he would have hopped over that fence, that dog would have grabbed that man. Mm. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. It just takes yeah. one. Just take one. Yeah. A shooting wouldn't have hurt either. Might have hurt. He might have died. I'm just saying. I'm saying a shooting wouldn't have hurt for people to learn to lo- the uh, larger lesson is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm with you. And I'm, I don't wish that on nobody. But boy, when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Okay. Some of y'all be really. Plus, it's dangerous. It's dangerous out here right now. You don't know what people are doing. hundred percent. Yeah, I'm going to let the dog out and then ask questions later. Oh, my bad. Nope. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm-hmm. And I bet you he, I, got, I bet you he sucks as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he dying for that whack-ass demo. All of that. You know what I mean? And guess what? I'm never going to listen even regardless. Oh, my goodness. All right. God bless you. I send you healing energy. Yo. And the sad part is you did the yeah, whole you, donkey. You can't even sign. That's fine. I want people you to know You can't even name. sign somebody somebody who does that because then everybody's going to try to do it. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Up next, Manuel and Giselle Godoy. All right. They are the CEO and CFO of Black Sands, which is a black comic book company. Uh, And they were recently on Shark Tank. Kevin Hart had a huge investment in their company. So we'll talk to them next. It's Black History Month. Let's support our own. All right. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Do you... And Charlemagne the God. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got I some can't special wait guests. To see this. Joining us this, what? Go ahead. Joining us today, we have Manuel and Giselle Godoy. Or is it, what is it? That was yes. absolutely correct. Yes, Godoy. it was. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, he's not good. At, I was like, I can't wait. Well, welcome. <laughs> good morning, Manuel morning. and Giselle. Thank you. How you good guys morning. Doing? Doing We're awesome. Doing so good, man. This ain't even no joke. I know, right? <laughs> the founders of Black Sands Comics. That's right. I Black love entertainment. I, I love yeah. seeing. Uh, I love seeing black comic people, man. Like I feel like this is a lane that not enough black people are in. Oh yeah. Well, you know, there's actually a whole bunch of people that's in this lane, right? Um, they just never got the the eyes on them. You know, mm-hmm. if you go to a convention, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised yeah. how many black people are there, like that are actual like independent creators. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to be like the majority of the independent creators there. You know. So, you know, we just haven't really had a chance to be, you know, front and center. Well, let's start from the beginning. How did you get into the comic book world? How did you get into that world? Animating. And animating and all that. Go ahead, Giselle. So, (laughs) this started back in 2016 when my husband, he wanted to make a video game called Black Sands. And so, um, the production took, cost a lot of money. Did you support him at first? You was like, yeah, whatever. He was like, yo, if this doesn't work out, I promise you I'll get a nine to five, you know, Work at Panera Bread somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This was his last so, rapper yeah, demo. Exactly. So it was really expensive to do the video game. Oh yeah, it was, it was like twenty k. You know, mm-hmm. we already yes. burnt twenty k. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, it, it was way too much when I realized that the final production would take so much more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's too early. I don't have a big enough fan base yet. I just can't get the money. Mm-hmm. You know. So I was like, let's pivot. Let's make a comic book off the same series. We went to Kickstarter. You know, and then we raised like twenty thousand. You know, on a on a four thousand dollar Kickstarter, and the rest was history. After that, we just started running. You know, yeah, people don't sprint. understand how expensive it is to do the animation and everything. I remember I I hired some people I knew to do some animation for my podcast for Lip Service, and just for that sixty seconds, it was so expensive. That manpower, yes. you yeah. know, I know. It's, it's like what twenty four dra- uh, drawings per second, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So, it can get crazy. So you started. So you you started making a series, and how did you get heard? Beside before Shark Tank, how did you get your stuff out there? How did people see it? How did you create a fan base? Well, I'm a I'm a monster when it comes to social media platforms, and um, also advertising. So 
you know, if you even see my stuff once and hit the like button, you know, the <laughs> Facebook gods are going to hunt you down for the rest <laughs> of your life mm -hmm. until you follow me, right? <laughs> and uh, so we, we started the online um, business about mm -hmm. in 2017, you know, uh, right at the end of the year. Uh, I had bought a kiosk in Hoover, Alabama. I was like, I'm going to go and sell books right in, in the mall, right? And I, I sold like $6,000 worth of comics. It was great, right? But I was there all day, 14 hours a day, mm -hmm. right? It was crazy, right? And online, in that same exact time, I did like 45000 on Shopify, mm -hmm. right? So I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why am I in this store? This doesn't make exactly. sense. Exactly. It's a way bigger reach online for you too. Yeah, so. it's it's mm -hmm. been it's been huge. Online is ex everything I do. Because you like, can target certain uh, people based on you can really like use those numbers. Yeah, and you know who your your customers are. Mm -hmm. Right. It's hard mm -hmm. to know who your customer are is when you're like selling into Barnes and Noble or to a comic book shop. You don't know who actually bought your book, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? But when you're online, you know exactly who your audience is, and then you can start like laser focusing on them with your marketing strategy right so i talk to parents right i'm trying to convince the parent to buy the buy the books the kids love the books because basically like naruto in ancient egypt mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. the parents love the books because it's game of thrones in ancient egypt mm -hmm. right so, so you know there's two different looks at the same product but it works for both of them right and i don't care about the comic book fan as far as like how i'm using my my marketing strategy right because then I'm a core customer in the right. first place. Okay. Let, let's, let, let me ask you two basic questions. What is Black Sands Entertainment, the business, and mm -hmm. what is Black Sands, the comic? Yeah, so Black Sands, the business, is we focus on history before slavery. Mm -hmm. That is the main purpose of our mm -hmm. thing. We feel like uh, there's too much gen generic content out there for, you know, everybody wants to make a superhero, right, or whatever. And we want to make stories about our ancient past mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. So we got Black Sands, got Mask of the Orisha, we got, you know, Madagascar. There's definitely a lot of things in our culture that we've been missing out on, right? And then what Black Sand specifically is, the Seven Kingdoms, is a story about Asar and his rise to power. So basically, um, he's trying to prove to his grandfather that he could be the next pharaoh. But a war breaks out between Seven Kingdoms, and now it's up to him and his kin to save the world. That's my pitch. Business-wise, <laughs> uh, how did a company like, say, Milestone influence mm -hmm. what y'all do? Uh, well, Milestone didn't... Like, Milestone kind of gave me warnings, like... You know, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys because I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> what else are you there for? <laughs> <laughs> they, they did some things that, that that were great, but they mm -hmm. didn't have the tools that we have available to us today, right? Mm. They didn't have a social media platform to literally build their own mm. audience. Because if they did, they probably would have made different choices. But they had to go do deals. Sorry with to DC. explain milestone. I don't know. Milestone oh, is a, milestone a, 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 no a, a a black owned mm -hmm. comic. Are they still black owned? Well, yeah, Reggie Hudlin yeah. founded them. Yeah, so they're a black, black owned, founded. black founded comic company. And okay. they have, you know, characters like Static Shock, who's probably mm -hmm. one of the most popular black superheroes ever. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and they tied up with DC. DC um, works with Diamond to go and distribute their books. Eventually, DC was like, the margins aren't there. We're killing the brand. Brand's dead. Mm -hmm. The milestone has no choice in that matter, right? Mm -hmm. And and they disappeared thirty years ago. Wow. So I that's know. that's what that was the fate of a lot of companies back then. You tie yourself up to a bigger brand or whatever, and then eventually, if they decided that today was your day to die, that was it. There's nothing you could do. They did yeah. have some type of relaunch though. Um, just recently, recently, but, I mean, like two years, like last year. Yeah, yeah. like a thirty-year like a hiatus. Yeah. Like you know, that might have just been because of the Black Lives Matter movement. So what got mm -hmm. you? They want to make sure they're on the right side of history oh, when they're doing yeah. that. So they're like, yo, DC, you know, we're bringing back Milestone. You're like, so. And I think I saw Michael B. Jordan might be EPing the 
Static Shock movie. Um, I mean, no, I, no. Yeah. I'm be joining in a lot of stuff. So, yeah. so you guys, ha- you guys, hands in a lot of different productions right now. So, all right, we got more with Manuel and Giselle Godoy, the CEO and CFO of Black Sands. All right, they have their own comic book company. It's Kevin Hart just invested in them, and we'll talk to them some more when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Manuel and Giselle Godoy. They are the CEO and CFO of Black Sands. I had a comic book company. They were recently on Shark Tank. Now, how did you guys get on Shark Tank? Well, the reality is they they called me, so I got recruited. Oh, Shark Tank called you. I got recruited. I got recruited on that one. So they do have like scouts. Right. Like how you said that. Who, who, who yeah. well, I, I I'm not chasing twice. them. Not they recruited oh, yeah. me. I was going fine. I applied yeah. for two years and never got through. <laughs> I know. Right? Yes. I, I guess it was just critical mass to the point where somebody mm-hmm. was watching and said, this company's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Right? So they called me, went through the, the, the process. I can't go through the process, right, as far as what they do. Mm-hmm. Right? But, you know, you know, it was a pretty crazy thing because I've always wanted to be on there. Right? right? I was like, I was like, I run an exceptional business and I need somebody who's Basically, the kingmakers of business to validate me so I could finally get in front of the, the camera of the national news, right? I just need to be in front so I could show people what we've done. Do you, you know? think the crowdfunding, because you guys did get a million dollars in crowdfunding. So you think once Shark Tank saw that, was it was that after um, they called you after that? It is, yes, we were already done with two rounds prior to that. So right, yes, so they probably saw, okay, this is really lucrative exactly. and, and has a great you know, support base already. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And plus, um, on Shark Tank, they never had like a black-owned comic book company on their show. They didn't have comic books, So period. this was something totally <laughs> different from them. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they wanted something different. Right. Was it difficult to give up 30%? Oh, yeah, the but company? you know, you heard Kevin, though. Kevin was... <laughs> Now, did you know Kevin Hart was going to be? I know going to be that tough. Did you know Kevin Hart was going to be on that on there before? Two weeks, two weeks before. Yeah, that two was weeks. It, before. You know, so but yeah, usually so, he's not there. But every yeah. once in a while, they have guest celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, I sharks. was prepared. I was prepared to go into a panel with five white sharks because it happens <laughs> all the time. Right? Yeah, Great white yes. sharks. If David's not there, <laughs> so, I was, so I was prepared. Right? I was like, I was like, I was like, I might have to go into this with. Um, nobody really has skin in the game on this right here, and I'm just gonna have to go business, business, business. And when I saw when I when I knew that Kevin Hart was gonna be there, right? Because first they gave it to me in a funny way. They were like, uh, "Just let you know, Damon's not gonna be there." And I was like, "Oh man, I, I know, know. Exactly. Like, who's gonna be? He's <laughs> the excited guy, you know." Uh-huh. So, so I was like, "All right, Kevin O'Leary, I got this. I got this, Kevin. I got you, right?" And then you know he's like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be Kevin Hart though," and I was like. I know. I was like, like, we won, perfect. man. Yes. I was just thinking in my head. I was so like, you if knew we get him we excited, yes. <laughs> it's over. Mm-hmm. I don't have to prove nothing at that point. If he's excited, everybody else is going to fall in line. But, was it, hard, but, was, but there... was it hard to give up the 30%? Oh, absolutely. It was It was extreme. I mean, it went a lot so longer than the what they showed. Much, like, they showed like three minutes. So explain it was the deal like 20 much, minutes. <laughs> how much he gave and the percentage you, you gave him. Because so you offered 5%. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, originally I was going to do 10% max. With a royalty on books, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody was interested in books. Well, they, well, Kevin O'Leary was interested in books, but the whole point was, you know, he saw the movie. That's what he does, right? So he was like, "This is what I'm interested in. This is this is what I'm about to do, right?" And he gave a really good, like, he was telling us exactly what he was gonna do. Okay. Right? He was like, "Yeah, he's the best." Yeah, he was like straight Kevin up Hart like Kevin O'Leary. Uh, no, Kevin Hart. So Kevin he was, Hart. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart was like, you know, this is. This ain't no hypothetical, you know, yeah, scenario yeah, yeah, yeah. in which you might get a show. He's like, this is what we're gonna do. That's why he told him right? to edit it out. I was like, <laughs> I can't. I wasn't gonna fight him to death because we were already fatigued. Like I said, this went on for like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, I just gotta make this deal now, and you know, 
we still got due diligence and mm -hmm. all the other crap in the future to go and you know finalize the deal so you know we're still working on it right mm -hmm. but we're almost done with our deal right now to close it out what did he give you on shark tape what was it what, what was it the numbers uh, it on was five hundred thousand for 30 percent yeah for who kevin is and who kevin is a, mm -hmm. becoming He's definitely worth it definitely worth it yeah. now question <laughs> would you have done that if it was five white sharks would you have given up 30 percent no but i would have got the deal for 10 percent because kevin o'leary was in for that yes oh he said, he said, oh. He said yeah, he so kevin the one was driving he was the like, whole i'll bar. take that deal he no, did. but i was like kevin no i need kevin too i need kevin hart yeah, right, let got me you, ask you this kevin hart had veto power so yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, before, yeah. before you knew that kevin was going to be there did you know which shark you would have liked kevin o'leary mm -hmm. okay kevin so you knew that's i like his ruthlessness so i'm a business guy so i love i love the fact that he always thinks of ways that um, is, is mutually beneficial, right? So if you're getting a royalty on, on book sales, right, you want more books to sell, mm -hmm. right? And that's my grind. So, you know, a million, two million, 10 million books a year, that's something that he would want to achieve, right? So I don't care about that 25 cents because I have great margin, mm -hmm. okay. right? And, and so I was like, I think Kevin's going to bite on this, right? Now, I didn't know that everybody was going to bite on I this. I know, right? Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but, well, you know. well, Kevin O'Leary, you, you still were, and for people that don't watch Shark Tank or you, you just know the character, he's the... The white older guy with the George Jefferson haircut, right? With the, yeah, with the side. yeah, yeah, has a lot of money, but he's usually ruthless. He's like, ruthless. yes, he throws he, obscene numbers. He, like, I'll give you five hundred thousand for ninety percent of your company. He's usually <laughs> like that. And when you watching all the Shark Tanks, you still would like, this is the guy I want to work. This with. the guy because 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 he is all about. He doesn't care about whether he gets the idea or not. What he cares about the is finance. whether the, the business yeah. is right. Whether the margins are correct, right, and whether you're selling a lot of units to a customer, because mm -hmm. you know he already has like massive customer bases, and 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 you know, um, you know, I don't want to gas him up, right? Cause I ain't get to deal with him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 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 he has like email lists of like twelve million people on it, right? Whatever he can just do it. So he offered you five hundred thousand at ten percent, and you took the five hundred down five hundred thousand for thirty percent. What did I took he Kevin say? Hart. Yeah, what did he say? Kevin Hart and Mark Cuban. Kevin Hart and Mark Cuban. Exactly. What did O'Leary say to you? Because I know he cursed y'all out. No, no. O'Leary was like, well, you know, you, yeah, you know, you, he even said it on t on the television. He was like, you yeah, know, there's partners and then there's partners. Like, yeah. Like, and yeah, if he gets you and he's going to utilize you and make you, you'd rather... Give away thirty percent to right. make millions and millions, you know, hundred million. Exactly. Give away ten percent and make, you know, exactly. I got pumped in that moment. Real talk. Like, mm -hmm. like Giselle knew it too. She was like, was like she was like, I'm fought and I just, just couldn't go win. Ahead. I yeah. couldn't win. Exactly. And then you think of the future, right? Because you think of other things that Kevin Hart could tie you into that might not even be movies. This exactly. Right. Yes. The reach that he has. Young people. Yeah, y'all don't realize how excited I am for y'all because you know I'm a real big comic book guy and you know people don't know how big the comic book business is. There was actually an article that came out uh, recently, and it's like how the comic book business is going to be worth like $12.8 billion wow. by 2028. Like even the nice. book sales of comic books have gone up over the past couple of years. I don't know if it's because of the COVID or what. So <laughs> y'all are in a great, great, great position. Let's keep amplifying y'all's story, man. That's I want right. to I wanna, I wanna get y'all on the Trap Nerds podcast too. Trap Nerds, they show y'all a lot of love and support. Nice, that's, a, nice. that's a black comic book podcast we got on the Black Effect Podcast Network and they show y'all a lot of love. I want to get y'all on there too. Okay. Awesome. Sounds Amazing. Word. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so glad we made this happen, I know. Oh, yeah, 100%. So well, Black Sands Entertainment Manual and Giselle Godoy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's The Breakfast thank Club. Good morning. Appreciate it. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report. With Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. 
Well, Roddy Rich was on Academics Off the Record podcast, and one of the things that he talked about was Meek Mill's recent accusations against Atlantic Records. He was talking about Atlantic separating him from Roddy Rich, and here's what Roddy Rich had to say about Atlantic. What Meek tweeted recently was an indictment on your label, but Mm -hmm. you have a good relationship with your label. Yeah. And he said he felt that your label kind of robbed him of maybe a situation with you. Yeah. Do you have a different perspective? Now that you see his perspective? I mean, I called me as soon as that shit happened. He gave me the whole rundown. My only situation with him, he know this, so I can say whatever I want to say. One thing you're not going to ever hear me do, I'm a real nigga. I don't speak on shit with niggas. I explain this to him. Please, let's not speak on our business and situations if we can't even call each other on the phone. And <clears throat> we just had a conversation just about his 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 perspective of it. And it was a valid point, valid valid situation with what he got going on. His situation with Atlantic is not my situation with them. I love, I love that. That's respectable. I love that. Yeah, just don't, you know, let's just not talk on business. Yeah. If we haven't had a conversation yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. And, and then as far as more on the Meek situation, and the two of them do still have a good relationship. Here's what he had to say about uh, Nipsey and, and Meek. So with Meek, you know, my situation with Atlantic was already solidified due to Nipsey Hussle walking me and Kiefer in the building. You know what I'm saying? He gave us that big brother love, that big brother hug, ain't never wanted nothing from us. You get what I'm saying? All money in. I was really supposed to be all money in. I can show you a picture where I had the really? dream chaser chain and the all money in chain on at the same time. While he working on Victory Lap at the Studio Encore in Burbank, I'm f***ing with him, pulling up on him. He like, he telling Bird, like, we need to, let's, let's construct. You should have been on Nipsey. Let's construct a little situation. Okay. I ain't got to be an all money in artist. Yeah, that's the first time I heard of Roddy Rich was on uh, Racks in the Middle with Nipsey. He was on, on the Nipsey Hustle Racks in the Middle record. Mm-hmm. And he also talked about leaving social media. People were trying to say it was because he didn't like how people reacted to a song snippet, but he said it was after he got a phone call about one of his family members having a heart attack. And he just basically said, you can't please anyone. So he just decided to leave social media alone. And he said before all this fame, he wasn't even on Instagram. So, you know, he just... Yeah. That's it. You All know, right. You know, us too, when it comes to that discussing business, that does bring a lot of unnecessary energy into your life. Because when you discuss business publicly, you know, most of the time, people don't even know what the hell you're talking about. So now you got all of these unwanted opinions from all of these people that's just on the right. sidelines discussing your deal and your situation and what could have been. That's just unnecessary. But if we cool, just call me. Let's chop it up first. Let's have that conversation first. We don't have to have mm-hmm. this conversation on social media. I agree. I agree. All right, and Kevin Hart is going to be going on tour this summer. It's called the Reality Check Tour, so he's going to be hitting up 30 arenas. It's been more than four years since his last major tour, so make sure you guys go and get tickets to that. Yes, uh, that should be a good one. And Naomi Campbell, congratulations to her. She has a daughter. She's 51 years old, and she posted, A beautiful little blessing has chosen me to be her mother. So honored to have this gentle soul in my life, there are no words to describe the lifelong bond that I now share with you, my angel. There is no greater love. Now, she made these headlines last May, and now you can see that she is uh, on the cover with her baby. So cute. I don't know if you guys saw the picture okay. of her and her yeah, daughter. Congratulations to Naomi Campbell. Yeah, I'm happy that she had a healthy delivery. Well, she's 50, right? She's 51 yeah, 51. now. 51. But yeah. I think she had the baby at 50. At 50 yeah. yeah, drop on a clue's mouth for Naomi Campbell. And, and salute to Kevin Hart for going on tour. Remember when Kevin kicked Envy out of his show? That was amazing. Yep. I seen Envy Kevin follow the on the phone, and here he That's is. Right. I seen Kevin yeah. over the weekend, and he screamed, Envy, F you. 
Thanks, Kev. Thanks. All right, Thanks, and Kev. Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and Amy Schumer are going to be hosting the Oscars this year, as uh, reported by Deadline. And so congratulations to them. As you know, Will Packer is actually going to be producing it. He had engaged with multiple potential hosts, and then he settled on the three of them. I like that combination. That's an amazing combination. Mm-hmm. Yes, and for all you fans of Bridgerton, season two is on the way. That trailer is out now. That show returns on March 25th. And be sorry you didn't make it into this season, but... How you know I didn't make it? All right, because you're not in the trailer. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I didn't. And because you've been at work. You would have had to film. You're right. All right, well, that is your (laughs) rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. All right, let's get to the mix. 800-585-1051. Let's get your request. Let me know what you want to hear. Charlamagne, what you want to hear? Um, Kodak Black Super Gremlin. We could have been superstars. All right. Riding around in fancy cars or jacking cars, something. All right. I just like the part where he said, now it's not safe for you. Switched up like a little bitch. All right, let's let's go. (laughs) Breakfast of the morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. The General Insurance is a quality insurance company that has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and you should take a closer look at The General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now it's Black History Month. What are we doing, Charlemagne? Well, you know, every day on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network, we drop a daily podcast called I Didn't Know Maybe You Didn't Either. Hosted by my man B Dot, and today B Dot is talking to us about Peter Buxton, who is the whistleblower responsible for ending the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Let's discuss. What's really good, B Dot here. I am in High Point, North Carolina, at the High Point Museum. History everywhere. Let's check this jersey out. Are you familiar with the name Peter Buxton? Probably not. But you probably are familiar with the Tuskegee experiment of 1932. Tuskegee University and the United States Health Department teamed up to conduct an experiment on untreated syphilis in black men. And how did they conduct said experiment? By infecting black men with syphilis under the umbrella of free health care. Many black men died. Many black men just went into their community giving it out. You get a syphilis, you get a syphilis, you get a syphilis, syphilis! The experiment was supposed to last six months. It lasted 40 years, people. And on the 40th year, 27-year-old Peter Buxton, who worked for the United States Health Department, said to himself, hey, this don't seem quite right. And he was the whistleblower. He leaked the information to the newspaper, thus halting the experiment. We all know Peter Parker to be Spider-Man, but Peter Buxton is Superman without the cape. It's stories like these that prove we need allies. I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either. I didn't know. All right, you learn something new every day. You learn something new every day, man. Uh, and, and all heroes don't wear capes. That's what we be learning. And they damn sure didn't teach us about no Peter Buxton in school. Mm-mm. That I know for sure. So make sure you download I Didn't Know, Maybe You Didn't Either, the daily podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network. Okay, hosted by my man B-Dot. Salute to B-Dot. All right, now when we come back, we got the positive notice, The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we got a shout-out to Angela Rye for joining us this morning. Salute to my good sister, Angela Rye. Congratulations to her on her new uh, position with ESPN as a special um, correspondent. And she wanted me to remind y'all that she really does want to help, you know, some of y'all fill up your gas tanks. Uh, and, and, you know, yes, me too, me as well. So five people. So all you got to do right now, just send us your cash apps right now. Send, and we're going to pick the first five cash apps, and uh, we're going to send you some money to fill up your gas tank. Really? All right. Well, I'm going to put mine in there. Nice. All right. And also, shout out to Manuel and Giselle Godoy. All right, they are the CEO and CFO of Black Sands, a comic book company. Appreciate them for joining us this morning. Salute to Black Sands, man. Absolutely. That's right. That's one of Kevin Hart's latest investments. And I, I just like what Black Sands is doing because I just love, you know, I love comic books and I love to see black people designing comic books. So salute to Black Sands Entertainment. Also, shout out to our Brooklyn Nets. Go, Brooklyn. Uh, we won last night 109 to 85 against the Sacramento Kings. Shout out to Ben Simmons. Saw him sitting on the sidelines. We're excited to have you in Brooklyn. So welcome. Not sure when he'll be playing, but it was good to see him in the building. All right. Now you got a positive note? I do. And I just want to reiterate what I was saying about entitlement early this morning, man, uh, during Donkey of the Day. I just need y'all to know that a sense of entitlement is a cancerous thought process that is void of gratitude and can be deadly to our relationships. That's a quote from Dr. Steve Maraboli that you need to learn and apply to your goddamn life. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs> 